Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. You're listening to the Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. Uh, for this week, wanted to preview the NFL playoffs and make my picks. Also discuss the uh, NFL coaching fires that firings that happened on Black Monday. Uh, get into some NBA stuff. Bob Myers accepting a job in the NFL, which that was pretty interesting. Uh, we'll recap the college football championship and then also discuss um, some other NBA things as well, like John Morant injury and um, some recent contract extensions as well. Okay, let's get into it. Um, hope everyone had a happy holiday and a happy new year as well. But um, there, there is something annoying about uh, the new year. It's always, you know, people saying happy new year too late. I feel like there should be a rule or like some law or something that you have up until the first week, the first Friday. So like this year would have been the fifth, the first Friday of of the new year. That's how long you have to say happy new year. If you haven't seen anybody since then or whatever, you didn't send your text after that, do not say it because it's like, okay, we get it. It's already new year's. Um, so yeah, just wanted to say that. Um, okay. So let's start with the NFL firings. We had, um, some surprising ones. I think the most surprising, the recent one that came out today was, um, Pete Carroll. He's out after, I think 15 years with the, as head coach for the CLC Hawks, um, they had another down year, kind of up and down, you know, out of the playoff picture there. Uh, but he's going to move into a more advisory role with the with the franchise. And then they are targeting former defensive coordinator Dan Quinn um, as their head coach. He's, I think he's still with, um, yeah, he's still with Dallas as the uh, defensive coordinator. And then he was the head coach during, um, that Falcons run when uh, Matt Ryan had the MVP, when Shanahan was the offensive coordinator, and they went all the way to the Super Bowl, and then they blew the 28-3 lead thing, that terrible um, Super Bowl loss. Um, he was a head coach for that, so he's been coaching the defense in Dallas, um, waiting for another opportunity to become um, head coach. So maybe he, he kind of knew something was going on because um, he had interviews last year, and then kind of he declined some of those, um, I think, to stay keen on the future opening in Seattle. But that would be a good hire for Seattle, I think. Um, another one that was really shocking to me was um, uh, Mike Vrabel, uh, head coach or former head coach of the Tennessee Titans. Um, you know, he's only had two – he had two losing seasons back-to-back. But other than that, you know, they were winning the division. They were going deep in the playoffs. He had an AFC Championship game appearance. He won Coach of the Year. He's truly like a leader of men when it comes to coaching. Um, but I think, you know, he was shocked. He didn't ask to be traded. He didn't ask to be fired or anything like that. But um, there's a lot of speculation already that he's going to return to New England, where he used to be a coach there. Uh, but he's going to return as head coach this time because there's probably going to be a mutual um, parting of ways between Bill Belichick and uh, the New England Patriots. We still haven't heard anything, but... Um, I think they're going to give uh, probably until the end of the week and have discussions between uh, Belichick and Robert Kraft because um, he just seems burnt out. You know, the team's been terribly terrible offensively. Um, they're still good defensively, but, you know, the development of Mac Jones just hasn't happened at all. He hasn't regressed whatsoever. He's, if anything, he's, he's regressed. Like, he looks worse. Um, but that would be a great hire for the Patriots if they bring back Mike Vrabel. He's a good coach, so I, he should not have been fired at all. Um, other ones were some not-so-shocking ones. Well, one of them, the shocking ones was the head coach for 
um, the Chicago Bears. Uh, he should have been let go probably, but they decided to keep him. I mean, I would have fired him just so I can get a chance at hiring Mike Frabel or potentially Bill Belichick, you know, because I think everyone sh- should want to hire Bill Belichick. Um, and then Brandon Staley, head coach, and the GM for the Chargers were fired, which, you know, was expected. So that job is probably one of the best available jobs, I think, because uh, you have Justin Herbert, you have a talented roster, young quarterback under contract. Um, you know, I would want that job. And then also um, the Raiders is another opening, but that might just go to Antonio Pierce because, you know, the players like him. They've advocated for him. Um, they play hard for him. But, you know, which I'll get into soon is uh, Harbaugh is reportedly it, itching back to, to get back to the NFL. He wants to win a Super Bowl. He wants to, um, you know, scratch that off the list. But, you know, there's been interest in him in the past. He interviewed with... The Vikings, he, he was like one of the finalists for the Vikings jobs. Um, and I think the Raiders are the ones making the strongest push. If it's not the Raiders, it would be the Chargers. But I, I kind of like the fit there with him um, for the Raiders. Uh, but we'll see because, you know, a lot of the players have already been speaking out that they'll boycott playing if Antonio Pierce is um, not the head coach. But... I mean, come on, you're not going to do that. If you're under contract, you're going to play, right? Um, Arthur Smith, this one was not surprising at all. Arthur Smith was fired um, as head coach of the Falcons. Um, he was not able to get Bijan Robinson really involved as well as he should have. Who's He's a very talented running back. Um, and then Ron Rivera was fired from, by the commanders. Their staff was all fired, which not surprising either. He had one playoff appearance, I think, in, was it four or five years he was there? Four seasons, he had one playoff appearance. And they just weren't able to figure out the quarterback situation. Um, if I think if they had a good quarterback, then you know that could have been a team that made the playoffs. I think they made the playoffs that year when they still had Alex Smith, when Alex Smith had that um, basically career career ending injury, right? Um, I believe they went nine and seven that year. But um, other than that, they haven't had any consistency at the quarterback position, and just had to happen. But you know, I think. Everybody's looking for a clean slate. Uh, speaking of the commanders, though, they hired um, the former GM of the Warriors, Bob Myers. Um, he is he's going to be part of the head coach search for the, the vacant position there. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting because he's coming from an NBA background and then most recently was working with ESPN. Um, he was on um, ESPN's broadcast and stuff for... Um, what's that show? Uh, NBA Today and things like that. So, um, yeah, just an interesting change from from going from the NBA to the NFL, which proves even more so that he was just absolutely done and worn out with uh, what was happening with the Golden State Warriors and probably because, you know, he saw the ship sinking, you know, before anybody else realized what was actually happening, um, which we'll, we'll get into that more here Um in a little bit because there's a lot more to um, unpack there with the Warriors. Um, and then let's see who else got fired. I think that's it for now. Oh, well, the um, head coach for um, the Panthers was fired and they fired the GM as well. David Tepper is probably the most, um, 
he's like the worst. He seems like he's already the worst owner, and he's just barely owning um, a team in, in the Carolina Panthers. There was a video of him throwing a drink on a fan, on a Jaguars fan, a couple weeks ago, and then he just he's quick to fire people very fast. Um, so I think he's going to try to do a clean slate with a new GM and new co- head coach um, for the upcoming season. Um, poor Bryce Young. Bryce Young is not going to get a chance to develop because he's going to have a lot of changes in coaching and changes in, in GM and stuff. It's not going to be a, a set structure there with him, and it's going to um, it could derail his career potentially. Uh, the Jaguars, which um, I'm going to talk about the Jaguars a little bit more here, but um, they fired their whole defensive uh, staff because they missed the 224 playoffs and they just plummeted after that eight and three start to the season um yeah that was a that was just a, a epic collapse because they had such a strong lead um in the division and uh could not hold on to it they were the third seed at the time and uh, just couldn't couldn't win games and trevor lawrence kind of um he didn't he wasn't looking better he looked worse and worse each week Okay, so the NFL playoffs are finally here. We have Wild Card Weekend starting on Saturday, um, going all the way through Monday, Monday Night Football with uh, the Buccaneers and the Eagles. And um, also, what is very upsetting is that the probably the most interesting game, I think, in my opinion, is the um, the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Uh, the weather so far in Kansas City is projected to be like m- minus three degrees. So it's going to be very cold. But you can't even watch the game unless you have Peacock. So that's frustrating. And Peacock was free at one point, but now it's like $5.99. So instead of having this broadcast on cable like all these other games are, you have to fucking get a, a subscription to fucking Peacock. They keep trying to make Peacock happen. Stop making it happen. Peacock's not going to happen. And it's a, and it's not like it's a regular season game like where they're playing in fucking Germany. Like it, this, is a, this is a playoff game. With a great matchup. You have Patrick Mahomes and Tua, and you have fucking Tyreek Hill going back to Kansas City, and um, and you have Travis Kelsey. Like, it's a good matchup. And um, and now you have to have, you have to have Peacock for that because the NFL want to make more money. They want to, they want Peacock to happen because they're, NBC's their partner, and they own Peacock, and blah, 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 blah. Whatever. They, should, they need to make it easy, easier to access instead of making people – like sign up for some other subscription that they're not going to use just so they can watch the playoff game, which is so irritating. But um, yeah, that's the only game I think this this whole playoffs where you have to have a subscription because I think was it, they paid like 150 million for it. Um, Peacock did so that they could get the rights for a playoff game, and the NFL chose to choose that game when you know what they could have chosen. They could have chose. The Eagles in Tampa Bay, because I, I personally I don't want to watch that game. Like I, it, it doesn't matter, but I'm going to watch it because it's on it's on Monday night. Or they could have put Browns and Texans, which even though I do actually want to see that game, but um, yeah, let's see how everything ended up as far as seeding goes. Um, so in the AFC, you had the Ravens; they locked up the number one seed at 13 and four. Lamar Jackson is probably win the MVP. I think after that game against San Francisco, how dominant they looked, he's going to win the MVP. Um, the Bills shot up all the way to the two seed, if you can believe it. They were they were down to the ninth seed like a few weeks ago. Um, they fired um, Joe Brady, their offensive coordinator, and since then they've won five straight games. And 
um, the Dolphins and Bills had a they had a Week 18 game, and if the Dolphins won, Dolphins would have shot up to the second seed, and then the Bills would have been the sixth seed, but the Dolphins lost, so the Bills shot all the way up to the second seed at 11 and six. And I don't think anybody wants to play the Bills because now they're hot. Josh Allen is playing well. The defense is playing well. Um, they're clicking on all cylinders. And I was wrong because I, I said that the Bills were going to miss the playoffs just the way that they were playing. At the time, when they still had Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator, they looked horrible. Honestly, they looked horrible. And, and um, Josh Allen did not look good at all. He looked like he was he regressed back to how he looked his rookie year, um, inaccurate, forcing throws, uh, relying too much on the, on the run, um, and throwing off his back foot, things like that. Uh, but now, I don't know if they look – completely rejuvenated so um this is the time where we need to we need the bills to have a, a successful season they need to they need to go to the super bowl they need to get over the hump of kansas city and potentially baltimore and make a deep run because we've seen this story before where you know they look good on paper and everything looks good like i've picked them to go to the super bowl many times now since josh allen has been there and they've failed every time they have they haven't done it so we'll see and then the Chiefs um, locked in there at the third spot, eleven and six. Um, still issues with the offense and the receivers, um, so that's why this this game will be interesting, especially because it's going to be the snow is going to be really cold. So um, I expect a low scoring game, probably like a thirteen ten or something like that. Uh, Texans, uh, C.J. Stroud had a great rookie year. D'Amico Ryan's had a great rookie year as a first year head coach for the Houston Texans. They finished ten and seven. Um, secured that fourth seed and won the uh, AFC South Browns fifth seed at 11 and six led by Joe Flacco who's been playing great that defense is top tier the defense could stop anyone I believe um, because the Browns if you remember the Browns beat the Ravens early in the season I think it was like week five like 33 31 38 31 something like that that's just off the dome I didn't, I didn't look that up um, Dolphins at six seed 11 and 6 and then the Steelers somehow the Steelers snuck in to the playoffs at 10 and 7 with like they're on their third quarterback now Mason Rudolph is obviously head and shoulders better than Kenny Pickett Kenny Pickett he's like a refrigerator back there behind that offensive line like he just can't move at all he's so robotic um I like Mason a little bit better there as quarterback um we'll see what happens no one expects them to win but they're winners of three straight um, and then outside looking in was the Bengals. They finished nine and eight um, with uh, with Browning, quarterback out of Washington. He, I mean, he looked good filling in for Joe Burrow. Um, I don't want to hear any excuses like, "Hey, if Joe Burrow was was the starting quarterback, we would have made the playoffs if he didn't get injured." The Browns are on their fourth quarterback this year, and they made the playoffs. Um, the Texans have a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback, and they made the playoffs. Um, so yeah, no excuses. Um, Jaguars, as we mentioned. Um, they finished the year nine and eight, but they had a, an absolute collapse in December. So they started the year eight and three. They won since they were eight and three. They won one game, and they won. F- then they lost five more games, and their defense was a problem. That's why they fired the entire defensive staff. Um, Trevor Lawrence, there's moments where he looks really good. He shows flashes, like he has a great arm. He has. Th- great passes but in that final game where they needed to win to win the division and make the playoffs um offense was lackluster the offense is not look good they lost to the Texans to the titans who just after that fired mike vrabel which he didn't deserve to be fired but um you gotta beat you gotta beat a team like the titans in the last game like they were six and eleven this year like you just and they had like no offensive fluidity at all like defense was okay but like 
no excuses for the Jaguars. And and uh, earlier this year, like in the beginning of the year, I was saying that uh, we need to see more from Trevor Lawrence this year, and I'm expecting bigger things from the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. And nine and eight was not it. Uh, the Colts finished at nine and eight too. They had a chance at the end uh, with the Texans. That game is close because the winner of that game the, between the Texans and the Colts wins the division and secures a playoff spot, right? But they were with Gardner Minshew, who's their, their backup quarterback, and they he had an open running back in the flats. You know, poorly placed ball, but it touches the running back's hands. And if you're a receiver or running back in that position, if it touches your hands, you got to catch it. And you got to get the first down. And it was a, it was like fourth and two, and they did not convert the fourth down. They ended up losing the game. But um, Texans have been good, um, pretty much like all year long. They have a lot of young talent on that team, so it's very exciting. Um, and then let's see for the for the NFC. The NFC was, um, was the 49ers at um, the one seed, twelve and five. They secured that already. So the the last game against the the Chargers didn't matter. None of the Chargers, the uh, the Rams, and it didn't matter if the Rams did because the Rams had already secured. Um, so the two seed is the or the Dallas Cowboys at twelve and five, and then the Lions are also twelve and five, and they're the three seed. And then you have the Buccaneers winning the NFC South um, at nine and eight. So, um, I don't th- you know, they've been playing well, though, with Baker Mayfield and, and Mike Evans. And, um, yeah, they're kind of a tough team, actually. And then you have the Eagles. The Eagles have been absolute disaster. I think they're, their last six games are like one in five or something like that. Like, they've just been bad. Um, Jalen Hurts has been struggling a lot. Their defense isn't as good as it was uh, last year when they went on that Super Bowl run. Excuse me. And then um, Rams, winners of four straight. I think at the beginning of the year, I had the Rams make the playoffs. Um, I think I, I had said around 10 games because they're, they're too talented to not be in the mix, right? So they finished the year off at 10 and 7. The Packers snuck in at 9 and 8 with Jordan Love. And then the Seahawks were just out of it at 9 and 8 as well. And then just recently let go of, um, or reassigned, I should say, Pete Carroll. And then um, also the Saints, 9 and 8. And then you have. Vikings, Bears, Falcons, um, at seven and ten. So let's go into wild card matchups, and then you know now that they do where it's like the first seed gets like the first round bye, and then whoever is like the lowest seed wins in the wild card round faces the number one seed in the divisional round. So um, first game is Saturday at one uh, thirty on NBC. You have the Browns at. Uh, Houston Texans. The Browns are favored by two and a half. And so let's see. Uh, for that one, I'm going to go with the Browns, just because you have you have veteran leadership at quarterback with Joe Flacco. They're better defensively, and I think they could shut down any team. We've seen that against the Ravens, who are the best team in the AFC, probably the best team in the league right now. We've also seen that with the 49ers, who are, I believe, the second best team in the NFL. I think that's your Super Bowl matchup, but. Um, for Cleveland, I think they can, they'll dominate Houston. Great story for Houston. Houston has a lot of things to build on and to be excited about for the future. Um, uh, Tank Dell is a young receiver. He lost him for the year, but he was a rookie. CJ Stroud really showed a lot of uh, progression throughout the year. Um, like I mentioned, Miko Ryans seems to like have control of the locker room, and um, he's a positive influence as a coach for sure. And then, um, Nico Collins, he's, I think he's in his third, fourth year, but he had a breakout year this year. Um, so there's a lot there to, to hang your hat on for the Houston Texans. They're not even supposed to be in the playoffs, but they are, and they won the division. So this is, um, they could look at this. I mean, they're not going to say, Oh, it's a learning experience. They want to go out and win, of course. Right. But 
I think down the road you'll say, hey, you know, it's great that C.J. Stroud got that, you know, first playoff experience in his first year in the league. And I, I think that'll help him um, towards the future for sure. Um, so I'm taking the Browns because, you know, Flacco's done it before. He's done it with um, a strong defense when he was with the Ravens and, and carried them all the way to Super Bowl and won that. So uh, I'm taking the Browns in that one. Dolphins at Chiefs. I don't even know how many people are going to be able to watch this, but if I go to a bar and they don't have it, then that's the only thing that's going to allow me to watch it because I'm not watching it at home. I'm not going to sign up for Peacock. I refuse to do that. Um, let's see, just for a game that I want to watch. Um, I'm going with the Chiefs, minus four and a half. Um, I just think cold weather game, Chiefs are used to it. Um, and I, I believe in Patrick Mahomes more than I believe in Tua. Uh, but this will be a good matchup. I think, like I said, it'll be low scoring, like 13 to 10 or something like that. And then Steelers at Bills. Bills are favored by 10 points. Um, I think there's there's no way that, there's no way that, um, that the Steelers win this game. Uh, no way at all, I don't think. Um, I, I expect the Bills to roll them over. Packers at Cowboys. A little different look this time around uh, for the Cowboys. Or not the Cowboys, for the Packers. You don't have Aaron Rodgers. You have Jordan Love. But Jordan Love had a good year. He had, what do you have, like 32 uh, passing touchdowns. Um, they were able to get more aggressive throughout the year with him. A little more comfortable. Uh, Cowboys are at home, favored by 7.5. The only issues with the Cowboys is... Um, their record on the road, like they can't win on the road, but they're at home in this matchup, so I'm going to pick uh, the Cowboys to win at home. And then the next matchup is pretty interesting as well because you have uh, the Rams playing at Detroit. Detroit is favored by three points. You have the reunion for Matthew Stafford. He returns to Detroit, who drafted him, and um, they had one playoff appearance. I think he was there for, what, 10, 11 years, and then they did the trade. Jared Goff um, was sent from L.A. Rams, to Detroit Lions, but at the time the trade seemed like it was like, oh, okay, let let him like end his career in Siberia. But um, they got better with Jared Goff, and now they're a good team. Now they're a now they're a pretty um, star-studded team. They have some really good weapons there offensively. Um, I just worry about the Rams and um, well, actually, you know, both both quarterbacks have been in the situation. They they both have gone to the Super Bowl. Uh, Jared Goff lost that one against the Patriots, but he still won playoff games to get there, right? And Matthew Stafford did the same thing, but then won the Super Bowl. So uh, I'm going to take the team with, with which I think is, is more talented. Um, the coaching the coaching matchup goes to Sean McVay, in my opinion. But um, this one I'm going to take the Lions. It's I think it it's a, it'll be very close though, so I'm I'm a little worried about this pick, but. I'm going to take the Lions at home. I think they're ready. I think the fan base is ready. They want to change the stigma of, of the, the Detroit Lions not being able to win. I think they're, they're ready to win. They're, they're primed for this position. Um, and then you have Monday night is Eagles at Buccaneers. Eagles are favored by three. I, I honestly, I can go either way on this, on this game because um, the Eagles have been so bad lately. And this would be like the, like the biggest dud ever if they lose to... Uh, an NFC South team who like anybody could have won the NFC South. It was that bad. Um, I'm going to take the Buccaneers. I'm taking the upset because how horrible, just awful the Eagles have looked um, recently. Like the last few weeks, they just look like a disaster of a team. And it's ever since they lost to the 49ers, like they were supposed to be ready for this game. It's supposed to be a big matchup and the 49ers blew them out. And then the, then the Cowboys beat them. And now it's just like, everybody's able to beat them, but they, they start off the year 
was it 10 and one or nine and one and um it's just been spiraling out of control ever since then also this year is the first year in 25 years in nfl history in the last 25 years where um, there'll be no playoff games for tom brady or peyton manning as a starting quarterback for a team it's crazy right 25 years straight you had either tom brady or peyton manning in the playoffs it's amazing um yeah so those are the picks for the wild card weekend i think um it's very exciting uh, wild card weekend is um, one of my favorite weekends and then i like um i like the championship weekend as well where you have the afc and nfc championship games um try to go to the super bowl uh divisional round is always kind of uh, interesting because uh some of the one seeds go down so i'm not i'm, I'm a little worried about uh, the 49ers and the and the one seed. But last time they had the one seed, which was in 2019, they went all the way to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, Brock Purdy. It was a lot better than uh, Jimmy Garoppolo as, as, as quarterback. But I'm still sticking with my prediction of the 49ers winning. Um, I think it'll be a rematch against uh, the Baltimore Ravens, which will be tough because um, the Baltimore Ravens dominated them in their matchup um, on Christmas. So... We shall see how that goes. Um, college football championship was on Monday. Um, I picked Washington. I had Washington beating Texas and then um, facing off against Michigan in the championship. Uh, Michigan, you know, they pretty much dominated uh, most of the game. Penix threw 51 times, but only had like less than 300 yards, two interceptions. But he was forcing the issue a lot. I feel like he was, he was try- they were trying to come back because they were down by a bit. Um, so they were just trying to fight for their way to come back in the game but it seemed like it was closer than what the score indicated because like the at the end michigan was scoring still but um there was a moment there where if they if washington got a stop and then you know and then got a touchdown or a couple big plays here or there uh, it would have been a lot closer but um yeah that was a tough loss for michael Penix and and the washington huskies last year of the pac-12 for them um so rest in peace the pac-12 but that's a future big 10 game between Michigan and Washington. That's going to be like a regularly like televised game. Um, and Penix, you know, he had a, a great career at Washington. Uh, he had three straight uh, season-ending injuries at Indiana and then transferred to Washington and played two years there. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it was, it was good for him to have a, a, a Heisman finalist year this year and then make it all the way to the championship game uh, for Michigan with the sign-stealing scandal and all that. Let's let Jim Harbaugh and um, the fan base of Michigan's the student athletes. Let's let them enjoy this because I know a lot of people. I've heard a lot of people talking about the science stealing um, scandal and all this, and saying that um, there's an asterisk by this championship and that it, it'll be it should be vacated or it will be vacated in the future. Like let the NCAA investigate, and if it gets vacated, it gets vacated. But you can't erase what we saw like the history or like or, or us seeing Harbaugh raise a trophy or anything like that. Like it happened, right? And everybody still signs, um, you know, uh, Ohio State was doing it. Other teams do it. Like, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of cheating and scandals and, and people always trying to get an advantage or an upper edge on um, the opponents, especially in college football. Um, I don't think they won because of the, the cheating allegations or the, the sign stealing. Um, I think if they didn't do it, I think they still would have won the championship or they still would have been there because they're very talented Um and Harbaugh's doing a great job coaching. You know, he took the suspension, 
even though they, they say they're still innocent, but I mean, there's, there's evidence that it happened. Right. But I just don't think we should discredit the student athletes because I mean, they just, they just played the game, right. They were being coached and it, it was, it was more of an organizational, um, agenda, you know, part of the coaching staff and, and Connor Stallions where they were dressing up as a, as a scout for another team and then going to see other teams and stealing their signs. It wasn't like players were doing it. Players were just playing. Um, so I don't think we should minimize the, um, the national championship they just earned. And in my opinion, they deserved because they were the better team and that's what happened. And I, I think we should stop, um, talking about potentially, um, vacating that. But I think this is a way for Harbaugh. This is a great way for Harbaugh to go back into the NFL because they just won the championship. He got Michigan a championship for the first time since was it the 1991 season. Um, so I think he, he leaves Michigan on a high on the absolute high. Um, he's taken pay cuts in the past. He's been loyal to them, even though he's flirted with the NFL, but I think it's time for him to, return to the NFL and um, try to get that Super Bowl. So congratulations to Michigan and uh, Coach Harbaugh. Um, okay, switching gears here, let's get into the NBA. So NBA, as I mentioned, Bob Myers um, is now going to work with the commanders on um, filling that head coaching vacancy for them. Um, but yeah, speaking of Bob Myers, getting into the Warriors. The Warriors obviously have major issues. The whole Draymond Green situation where he punched uh, Yusuf Nurkic, and then he gets suspended. He's out for 12 games, had to receive therapy or treatment or whatever, and then reportedly told Adam Silver that he was ready to retire because he couldn't handle it, which I don't believe because if he retired, then he loses out on their three remaining years for like $80 million on his contract with the Warriors, which I don't believe he was going to do that. And then he says that he's not going to have his antics and he's going to try to be better or whatever. But the truth is, I don't want Draymond without the antics. Draymond with the antics was the reason why they won the championship in 2021 against the Boston Celtics because the Boston Celtics were dominating the Warriors in the first couple games. But then as soon as Draymond got under the skin of... He wasn't even playing basketball. He was just like he was like wrestling. And like he was just playing street ball, basically, where he was getting under the skin of Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum and um, Grant Williams was getting involved. And he was just, he was just being an irritant to them. And I think that that swung the series in favor of the Warriors because he was just being so annoying. He was doing all the Draymond stuff and he was getting riled up. And whenever he does that, there's like a level to it, right? He knows like the balance of it. And when he does it positively and he's playing well still, then they can win championships. And that's, that's what they did that year. And that's what they did in years past. But for Draymond to say like, oh, I'm not gonna have any antics. Like, I, I don't want Draymond without the antics. He's the he's the kind of guy who floats along the line of like, is it is this okay or is this inappropriate? That's just how he lives his life. And we as Warriors fans and NBA fans just we should accept it for the, how it is because there's been other players like that who are volatile and can bring it in or just can be explosive at any minute, and you never know what you're gonna get from them. But that's just how it goes, and that's part of. That's part of his championship DNA. Like Rodman was like that. Um, you've had some guys who were who were like that, but they also won championships like that, right? Rasheed Wallace is like that. Not as bad as like Draymond or, or Rodman, I don't think. But um, but you know he he was short fused too. You know he had a lot of technical fouls and ejections and stuff like that. But um, it's just like some of the some of the extra 
swings and stuff like the Yurk the Nurkic hit was like that was just egregious but um yeah he just needs to still like float between like what's appropriate inappropriate or what's like part of basketball and what's not but um yeah continue with the Warriors you know Chris Paul is out with he has hand surgery now and then while Draymond's coming back there's been some issues with Jonathan Kaminga because he was benched in the fourth quarter of a game and then he leaked to Shams Aranya that um that he he lost faith in Steve Kerr, that Steve Kerr can development develop him as as a as a starting um, caliber player in the NBA, and not a good look. And then Moses Moody is also upset with his role, but there's just like a logjam of of role players that can fit in with this team. Um, Kerr looks absolutely finished. He looks done. Like he might step away after this year. Like he just looks like he's so exhausted from coaching and answering all these questions and stuff. And he was pretty upset about the Jonathan Kaminga thing. Cause he's like, look, I have an open door. You can talk to me. I'm a former player. People should be upset about uh, their playing time. Like Kaminga should be upset, but he, he has like, he's not ready yet to be in the starting lineup. Neither is Moses Moody. Like they show flashes. Um, Kaminga, like he has collapses. He collapses on defense a little bit. Like he's not consistent enough. He's crazy athletic, but there's just some things he needs to work on. Um, his mainly like his basketball IQ. Like he doesn't make the smart basketball plays all the time, and I think that's probably why Kerr benches him because the Warriors. It's all about like smart basketball IQ, right? And you can't have a guy like it's like remember Kelly Oubre when he was with the Warriors. Like he just didn't work out because his IQ was so low basketball wise. Like he didn't understand that when uh, you pass the ball out, you have to go run for like a brush screen for Steph Curry so that he can get open and shoot. And then he's going to get the ball back and then he shoots the three, but they would pass it to Ubre, And then he would just like, Oh, I have an open three. And then he would just shoot it instead of you have to pass Curry the ball. And then you give him a screen and then he's open and then he shoots a three. That's, that's how you do it. That's what Draymond does. That's what all the guys who played with him for a long time do. Kevon Looney does it. That's what they all do. Um, and then another person who didn't do it was um, Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole didn't do it. And then he had to get, he had to get uh, traded after, getting punched by Draymond and then James Wiseman didn't work out. So some of their draft picks just didn't work out. And then Wiggins is just having a down year. So I think they, they definitely need to make a move and I think they need to trade Wiggins. Um, I'm, I'm looking at Pascal Siakam from the Raptors. They need somebody like that. Cause he's a good um, kind of floats as a two or third option. He's not good as a number one option, but if you have Steph still playing at a high level, which Steph also looks exhausted, like he's just so tired. Like the entire like team just sits on his back, on his shoulders. Like he has to carry the load offensively all the time because you're having injuries from Chris Paul. He's in and out of the lineup. Draymond's been suspended. GP2's in and out of the lineup. And then these bench guys are just inconsistent. Clay's hot sometimes and he's not other times. Um, and sometimes he's pressing too much. It's just like a lot with the Warriors, and they seem like they're they're kind of cooked. But um, we'll see. Uh, John Morant is out for the rest of the year. After he just played like nine games um, after coming back from suspension, he apparently had a torn labrum um, that he suffered from uh, during practice. So he's got surgery. So now this is just a lost season for the uh, Grizzlies, I think, because they were they're kind of playing better with them. They were um, kind of getting back. Um, higher into the standings and stuff, but um, that's a tough injury. That's a tough loss for them. Um, Clippers extended 
uh, Kawhi Leonard for, I think it was $153 million or something like that for three years, fully guaranteed, is going to come out to like $51 million a year, which I said this a few months ago, was that um, the Clippers have no other choice but to max max out uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And then Paul George is reportedly also working on a long-term extension with the Clippers because... I mean, you can't. There's, no one's going to trade for these guys, right? But Kawhi Leonard is playing. He's playing at a high level again. Like he's looking really good. He looks a lot um, healthier. He looks more in shape. Like he just looks good. And then Harden has been like a nice addition. I don't want to say like I'm I'm believing in the Clippers again, but they are playing really well. I will say that. But we'll see what happens postseason time. I just I, I'm not going to fall back into it again because I do like Kawhi Leonard and I like how he's he's playing this year. He looks like kind of like Toronto um, Kawhi Leonard. Like, he's finally healthy, and he's finally, like, giving it his all. Maybe he was playing for a contract because he got a contract now. So we'll see how we'll see how that turns out. But um, as far as NBA goes, I think they're, they're like, the fourth seed right now. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty good considering that they lost, like, nine straight games or something when they first acquired uh, James Harden. And then... The number one, number one seed in the in the West, you still have Timberwolves twenty six and ten. I don't think anybody actually believes in the Timberwolves because I mean, I don't. I'm not really a cat guy. I don't believe in cat like that. I do like Anthony Edwards. I think Anthony Edwards is that dude. Um, I'm not big on Gobert. I just don't like. I just don't like their lineup. It just it doesn't it doesn't do it for me. Um, it seems to be working right now. And then number two, you have Oklahoma City Thunder. I I love the Thunder. I love the makeup of this team. They seem like they're going to be really good in the playoffs. Um, this is like uh, kind of a throwaway year because I don't think they're supposed to be where they're at right now. But Shea Gilgis Alexander, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Shea Gilgis Alexander. There you go, I got it. Um, he's been amazing. He's a superstar. Um, the Clippers are definitely going to regret that um, that trade that they did. That was to bring in Paul George. And Shea is looking like an MVP candidate. Chet Holmgren is probably going to win Rookie of the Year, which he can win Rookie of the Year because he um, he got injured in the Summer League last year, right? So he didn't have his rookie year. But they look good. They look really good. Denver is sitting at 26-12. and 12. You have the Kings of the fifth seed, 22-14. Lakers are still kind of struggling. They're 19-19 in the 10th spot. You have the Warriors, as we mentioned earlier. They're at 17-19 and 19 in the 12th spot. Rockets are there in the 9th. Um, Suns aren't much better, 19 and 18, losers of two straight. Um, so, like, the three, like, heavily discussed teams, the Warriors, Lakers, and Suns, are all struggling. They're all going to be floating around between, like, the ninth and 12th spot, probably, for most of the year. Uh, Mavericks are uh, seventh spot. But it's been an interesting year so far. And then in the East, I think the best team probably is uh, the Celtics are 28 and 8. But I like the Bucks a little bit better just based on their roster and um, – and in the way that they play, I like I like them a little bit better. They're at twenty five and twelve, and I think when it comes to postseason time, I think Damian Lillard is going to be the difference maker for them for sure. And I keep saying that, but I just um, I'm looking forward to that. I I think the the issue there is the coaching, Adrian Griffin. I, I don't I'm not sure if he's he's the guy to be to to be the coach. I was surprised when they hired him. Um, Sixers, you have a uh, third spot, 23 and 12. The East is kind of like, it's pretty close between, if you look be- at the eighth spot, which is the Magic, all the way to the the third spot in the Sixers, they're separated by two games, by two wins. 
Because you have the Magic at, at eighth spot, twenty one sixteen. Cleveland is twenty one and fifteen at the seventh spot. Pacers twenty one fifteen. Heat twenty one fifteen. Knicks twenty two and fifteen. Like they're all like very close. And then um then all the way to the tenth spot you have the Nets terrible at sixteen twenty one. Um OG Nanubi was traded to the Knicks for RJ Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly. Emmanuel Quickly was like he was going to be like a six man of the year or something. Like he was playing really well and then um kinda was out of the lineup with um what's his name i forgot the head coach's name uh yeah he kind of worked his way out of the lineup somehow and he was getting some dnps so and rj barrett i wasn't i wasn't really big on rj rj barrett when he came out of duke he wasn't aggressive or consistent enough for me um but og and anubi is a good trade for the knicks because i think that kind of puts them in like the top three top four teams in the east and when they had rj barrett i just didn't see it i feel like i feel like they relied too much on on a Jalen Brunson, but I think this team is uh, is better like that. Uh, the Heat are trying to trade for Donovan Mitchell. Cavs, I mean, it's only the second year of Donovan Mitchell in Cleveland, and like they're already kind of discussing about trading him. They said they're not going to trade him, but I think they're just saying that to try to get more people to offer uh, more assets for him. Uh, Miami with the Donovan Mitchell would be great. That would be great. Him and Jimmy Butler, and if they could keep Bam somehow, that would be, be a good um, – a good duo right there. Um, okay, so switching gears, let's see. Um, so I went to the movies recently. I saw um, the new wrestling movie about the uh, Von Erich brothers, uh, Iron Claw, starring um, uh, Zac Efron, and then it had Jeremy Allen White in there, who's on the bear. Uh, it was a really good movie, really tragic story. I didn't really know about it because I, I wasn't big on wrestling, and this happened in like the 70s and 80s and stuff, and um, it was just like a... a a strong wrestling family and they they suffered a lot of loss and um but Zach Efron's character he he like gained so much muscle mass for this movie you could tell and he just looked like it looked ridiculous like that was like the only criticism of the movie was like Zach Efron was like too big like he looked almost cartoonish like when when he's like when he was like looking at the camera and he's making like serious faces about him being sad and stuff like that like his face just looks his face looks weird like i think he had some work done recently because his jaw and like everything was kind of weird and he's like looking in the mirror stuff and like his the way his body was it looked like he had like a muscle suit on or something like that it just it just looked so odd to me it was it was pretty funny that was the funniest part of the movie um Jeremy Allen White was good in it, um, but yeah, highly recommended. I think it's like a it's like a ninety percent on Tomatoes last time I checked, but um, very entertaining and um, learn a lot about the um, about the family too. So this is good. Um, a show that I'm excited about coming back is back on Sunday, um, this coming Sunday I think, or, or the next week. Um, True Detective season four. So this one. This is like the first one that's going to be written by like HBO's like writers that they hired for it. It's not going to be the same writer as the first or second season or the third season actually. Yeah, that guy he um, Nick Polizzato I think his name was. He does not have a HBO deal anymore, so this is like an. Uh, but H- HBO retained the rights to True Detective and like the kind of stuff that they do. Um, so they have new writers on it, but it it takes place in a in a fictional town of Ennis, Alaska where i think it's like 13 scientists 13 scientists go missing and end up dead or something like that and jody foster is um the detective leading the case and there's a lot of weird stuff going on and it's um 
yeah, it looks good. It looks very like dark and kind of eerie and stuff, you know, kind of how uh, all the other trajectories are. But this one, it's like, you know, it's in Alaska, so it's very snowy. They're like at a, at a remote, like, um, science, like research station. Um, it looks very interesting though. Like the trailers look very good. So I'm very excited. And I, I love Jodie Foster too. I love that they, they chose like two women leads to be the detectives leading the investigation and then i've also heard that there's like some connection to the past seasons um because i think if you remember season three with mahershala ali and um i forget his um steven dorf is his name he was really good in that one steven dorf i really liked his character in that one um because the big thing in season three if you haven't seen it was that there's a connection to season one and so i think there's gonna be some kind of connection in season four to all of that that's what i've read so it's going to be all kind of connected where like there's this there's just this thing going on where all these people end up dead but it's all around kind of based of the same kind of things go happening so um that is coming out on the 14th let's see is that sunday yeah 14th on sunday um on hbo so uh, yeah thanks for joining me guys um yeah sorry i couldn't make an episode sooner i've been working um, every day so my only days off have been sunday and sundays you know i'm watching sports and relaxing and just trying to recover from the the week that i just had at work so um this is my first day off in the middle of the week that i've had um in three weeks i think or two or two or three weeks so it's, it's been a minute so um I had more time to um, to make another podcast. So thanks for joining me. Um, enjoy the sports weekend, and um, we'll be back. I will have next Wednesday off. So we'll be back on Wednesday, and then I can discuss, um, I can recap the wildcard games and also get into some other storylines as well. So thanks.